feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little while. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, more protests taking place against Israel across the United States and in New York. Two big protests tying up traffic, tying up Midtown New York, including, get this, protesters who are there outside the New York Times, saying that the New York Times has been heavy-handed in its coverage of the Palestinians. Uh, That's a new one, but take a listen. Here are some of the protesters tonight outside the New York Times headquarters. Ceasefire now and also calling it the New York Crimes. That's a classic. The New York Crimes. The New York Times has been, I think, extremely favorable in its coverage of the Palestinian people. That would be maybe one of the last places you would expect to see pro-Palestinian protesters. But yet they are there and they are continuing across New York City. Meantime, there is huge news that the Israelis have agreed to do a four-hour pause every day, at least for the next few days, for, quote, humanitarian purposes. So tonight, I want to ask you, do you believe this is caving to American pressure and particularly Joe Biden's weakness? The Israelis said all along, we are not going to do any form of a pause or a ceasefire. We're not looking to do any of those things until the hostages are released. And at this point, they still have 240 plus hostages. Uh, So far, no one has been handed over. And yet Israel seems to be forced by this White House, which keeps telling them to go slow and allow for these humanitarian corridors and all these different things, which, yes, of course, you want to get the civilians out. Apparently, the situation there, of course, in Gaza is very, very dangerous. But doesn't this show that President Biden is putting undue pressure on the Israelis at a time right now where the Israelis are right there, and I call it at Hell's Gate, right there, at the entranceways of all of those tunnels, they've gotten into some of those tunnels where the Hamas headquarters is. Don't you think that this is President Biden behind closed doors saying, well, maybe we won't bring you uh, that aircraft carrier. Maybe we won't do this. Maybe we won't do that. If you don't at least agree to a four hour pause for humanitarian reasons every day, how are you going to have a war And get rid of some of the worst terrorists in the world if you're going to agree to a pause every day for four hours. I mean, this is a disaster. It doesn't help Israel. This only helps Hamas. This only helps them strategically. 
It helps them to be able to like smuggle out. I don't think there's any good in here whatsoever that helps Israel. Am I missing something? I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is President Biden when he was asked about this pause, because there were reports that President Biden was asking for three days of pause. Three days of pause? Whose side are you on, President Biden? Why would you ever in your right mind ask Israel when they've just gotten to the key area to have three days of pause? That, to me, is unconscionable. That's like, okay, look, we have all, you know, we have Al-Qaeda in our sights. We've got bin Laden right there. Oh, stand down for three days. I mean, the only thing it does is help Hamas regroup. So many of you out there are military men and women. You understand what it means when you are there putting pressure, squeezing them in. And apparently they have had a lot of success going after multiple targets. The last thing you want to do is sit back and say, okay, let's have a pause. Even if it is with good intentions for humanitarian reasons, Hamas doesn't care. They're going to take advantage of it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is President Biden asked about the pause today at the White House. Take a listen. Did you ask for a three-day pause to get Yahoo? You know, I've been asking for a pause for a lot more than three days. Um, yes. Did you ask him to pause for three days to get the hospital out for that? Yes. I've asked for even a longer pause for somebody. Yeah, I asked for a long pause because I'm worried about my poll numbers. He says he's for Israel, but a lot of his actions do not show that. And that makes me very sad because it makes me very worried what happens to Israel now. If the president is wobbly, not just behind the scenes, but he's wobbly publicly. This is really bad stuff. And this is where weakness opens the door to terrorists. And so listen to this other question that he's asked. He's asked if he's frustrated that it's taking a while with Netanyahu. I'm sorry, you know, but Hamas has been slaughtering Israelis and attacking Israelis since well before they were elected to power there in Gaza in 2006. So it's not like it's going to be overnight. It's only been a little over a month, and they've been held back at every turn. They were delayed, I was told, for getting defensive weapons from the United States. Sounds a lot like Ukraine. Ukraine's finally getting the planes. Uh, how many, like a year plus later? I mean, how are you going to fight a war when you are told to do it halfway? Here is President Joe Biden asked this question, and listen to his answer. Shame on you, Mr. President. Mr. President, are you frustrated with Prime Minister Netanyahu that he has not listened more to some of the things you have asked him to do? It's taking a little longer than I hoped. Taking a little longer than I hoped. It just shows that this president has no clue about war. And I contend, remember, that Israel was about to go in full throttle. And then suddenly they kind of delayed it a little bit. I'm sure there was probably some discussion from the White House at that point saying, whoa, 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 maybe wait. Maybe you don't want to have any retribution for 1,400 of your people being slaughtered and raped and killed. Don't worry about that. This is just, this president, this is so indicative of how he handles really tough foreign policy and puts America there in a very, very, very bad strait. So, boy, are things just a mess, mess, mess. And here is President, here's the Prime Minister Netanyahu 
also responding today because he finally realized he's got to get out there and talk to the American public after he sees all these protests at schools and everywhere else. And this is what he had to say about the pauses. One thing we haven't agreed to is a ceasefire. A ceasefire with Hamas means surrender to Hamas, surrender to terror, and the victory of the uh, Iran's axis of terror. So there won't be a ceasefire without the release of uh, Israeli hostages. That's not going to happen. And there is word tonight that's coming down that Israel, uh, there is a woman who is an elderly woman who was taken hostage from Israel, also a 12-year-old boy, and that Islamic Jihad is claiming that they may free them if they get more time for these pauses. So it's like this drip, drip, drip. I say Netanyahu should have said, we will not give you anything until you release all the hostages and that they're all in good health. So you've given up a bargaining chip by saying you're agreeing to four hours of pause a day. Can you imagine how you win a war when you say, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, a four hour lunch break? I mean, and this is not by Netanyahu's choice. There is no doubt about it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Good evening. What do you think of these, like, quote, humanitarian pauses four hours a day? It's like like you're you're, on a clock. Okay, well, we're going to clock in. And now's the four hours. They're going to announce it. So the people can plan to leave who want to leave. Uh, but you can bet that there's some uh, Hamas characters that will also try to slip away. This is a tactic to lengthen the war, just like in Ukraine. And Israel should not stand up to this. They have to humiliate Biden. Yeah, I agree. Him. I agree. Now, yeah, why, now, why do you think Biden wants to prolong the war? Why do you think that? The longer it goes on, the better it is for Biden. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Israel has to stand up to Biden and say, this is not your war. It's not your country. But out. We're going to do it the way we feel is best. I agree. Robert, you're right. He needs to take control of it and say that. I don't know if he'll get to that point. The problem is he still wants to have... Of course, America, you know, continue to have this great relationship with America. They, of course, want American military might and funds. So, you know, they're waiting. The House passed that bill. I think it was, what, $14 billion. And yet, who knows if it's going to go anywhere in the Senate or and the president's already said he's going to veto it because it's not lumped in with Ukraine. But they still need funds. They still have to rely on the U.S., even if they're going to do the fight themselves. They still want to get the ammunition and so forth from the U.S. So there's still a lot of issues. And that's why, you know, I think privately, uh, I'm sure Netanyahu is probably using some four-letter words to describe our president. I'll give you a four-letter word, WIMP, W-I-M-P, WIMP, 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Al, line one. Uh, Al, what a mess. Yeah, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. You know, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, he talks hawkish. Uh, he talks a good game. Uh, I used to be an admirer of his. A couple of years ago, he came in Congress uh, and uh, against the wishes of the Obama administration, he spoke about the dangers of Iran and this and that. 
But right now, he should have already started the ground invasion. He's failed to do it. Well, no, he is. And he started it. He just he's done it in phases. It's like uh, you know, whatever. I don't know if you call it phase two or three, but but he's they've been kind of like methodically moving in. They're surrounding Gaza City. They've been in the tunnels already. Um, not all of them, but they've been in quite a few of them. So he started it. But you think he should have just gone full throttle? Yeah, because I think the, the you know the, the the word is is that. Netanyahu has had disagreements with the military brass about what should be going on. That's what I've heard. Uh, he seems to see a lot of military people as potential political rivals. Uh, that's been Netanyahu's case his whole political years. I've read a book on him. So to prolong this, uh, you know, ground invasions all out, uh, the problem is, to me, it works against the interest of the state of Israel. This is, you know, what is this pause? I mean, you got to go all in, or, I mean, you, that's what it has to be. You have to go all in, end this. Uh, I never heard of such a thing as a pause, you know? That's just my own personal opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he should have said to uh, President Biden, who's clearly pressuring him, and Blinken, yes. to, to he should have said, you know what? This is right on our doorstep. This happened in our country. That's and right. and I would throw it back at him and say, hey, you know, nobody told you uh, right after 9-11, take a pause. You know, I exactly. mean, I mean, it is, it's insane. And I agree with you. He should just say, forget it. We are going forward. I mean, they were yeah, slaughtered. Exactly. That's what I mean. I mean, it was uh, what happened to those people was uh, a terrible, a terrible tra- tragedy. And even if he did go against the president, maybe in the short term, there would be some kind of a problem, but the Republicans in the Senate and the Congress would ha- would be in his corner, so he can use that as an excuse. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. I think, though, you know, there are things that an American president, uh, even one who comes out and says that he supports Israel, that he can do privately. And clearly, he's pushing for this pause. I mean, he says it right on, oh, yeah, we wanted a longer pause than three days. What did he want, like a one-year pause? I mean, it's so unrealistic, but it's so typical Biden. Who is it? Robert uh, Gates, who is the former defense secretary, who said that Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of history on every foreign policy decision, I think, in the last few decades. And I guess he is being consistent. (laughs) I'll give him that. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It is life in the fast lane, but not so fast if Joe Biden's the president. You may want to go and take out the terrorists and destroy them completely, but Joe Biden... Good old Joe will stop you and say, do a pause. And that seems to be happening left and right. By the way, this is so wild. Cutie, of course, uh, the university, the City University of New York. Guess who has been invited to lecture on Zionism at the City University of New York's Graduate Center? 
According to the Jewish Voice newspaper, the answer is incredibly a professor who accuses Israel of ethnic cleansing, advocates restricting U.S. aid to Israel, and has accused American Jews of having a sexual infatuation with the Jewish state. This is who the City University of New York's Graduate Center decides is the person who should speak about Zionism at the school at a time like this. That is just, it's disgusting. This person accused Israel of perpetrating oppression, resistance, and hatred, and also claimed that Israel bears its share of responsibility for all of the Arab wars, and also referred to Israel as an apartheid, signed a petition saying Israel is an apartheid. And that's who the City University of New York is having as its speaker on Zionism to the graduates. Boy, is the next generation in trouble. And this comes also as the Israeli president, this is Isaac Herzog. Remember, the prime minister is Netanyahu. The president is Isaac Herzog. Well, the president has written a letter to American universities, to all the presidents of these universities, the major ones saying they have to do a better job to fight anti-Semitism, saying, quote, this is powerful, calling on campus speakers and leaders to take action on anti-Semitism that has marred the reputations of temples of scholarship. He said, never, as someone who's always looked up to the standards of the American university, could I have foreseen the images and voices that have reached me since the tragedy of October 7th. Also, more images of these hostage posters being torn down. I had a friend tonight who sent me images of somebody who was tearing it down and saying, you know, are you going to get out of my way because i got to tear these down? I, I mean, who tears down a picture of hostages that are women and children? This is just it. it, it there's, there's a huge wake-up call America needs, and that's what's really scary. Uh, let's go to Geo in Virginia. Real quick, Geo, your thoughts. Oh, hello. All I'm thinking is this. You might wonder why the country which had been the strongest and freest country on Earth and which at the end of the World War II finished off the Japanese Empire would have a head of state that was so feckless and would behave so fecklessly. Well, from what I understand, a lot of the American uh, colleges and universities, uh, they teach in philosophy classes that there are no absolutes. Well, that's a scary place to be because there's absolute when there's good and evil. And we saw evil on October 7th. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and their families. A powerful story coming from Secaucus, New Jersey, where two Secaucus police officers who use CPR and an AED, of course, an automated external defibrillator machine, saved a woman's life earlier this week. Well, the woman is an employee 
at the Meadowview Campus Hospital. The 911 call came of an unresponsive woman who was not breathing, and it came in just after 1 o'clock at the hospital, which is run by Hudson County. So the two officers, Nicholas Spangenberg and Casey Kelly, discovered the woman not breathing and no pulse could be found. They immediately started CPR, then they did the AED, and they administered one shock to the woman. Her pulse was found shortly thereafter. Then she required another one while on board the ambulance. The woman was stabilized and taken to another hospital nearby, and the police chief there said of his two officers, I am extremely proud of these officers and commend their determination in performing these life-saving measures. I am especially proud that these officers utilized their training and the equipment provided to them and worked as a team and were able to bring this victim back to life. A great story of these two officers being at the right place at the right time and also getting the right kind of training. Well, we are talking about the fact that Netanyahu has been forced to take now a pause once a day for four hours. Can you imagine any great fighter in history when they're trying to really fight evil and especially a ruthless evil like Hamas uh, would say, forget it. But the problem is they need U.S. support. They also need U.S. funds. They need U.S. weaponry. There's a lot of things. And that's why this is such a complicated situation. Netanyahu was saying, no, 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 we're not going to do any ceasefire. We're not doing any pauses. We're not doing that. And now today it came out that they have agreed after pressure from the Biden administration to do a daily four hour pause. Just by the way, in the last 24 hours, 80,000 Gazans came out through the southern part of the country because that corridor now is sort of opened up from Egypt, and it's the Rafah Gate. So they're getting out. Uh, the messages are getting out. Obviously, there are still a lot of people trapped there, and you certainly don't want them to be hit or targeted in any shape or form. There's no doubt about it. But the key is, how can you eliminate Hamas when you're doing it very tepidly because we have such a weak American president who is sending those kind of signals. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line two. Uh, Norm, this is a mess. Yes. Well, you know, they, uh, Biden's messed up our country, so now he wants to mess up Israel. Uh, I, I think it's horrible that Israel is complying with the U.S.'s demands to take pauses. However, Israel has always complied with U.S. demands even against its own interests. And it has even done things in the interests of the U.S., like when it bombed the nuclear reactors of Iraq in the past. The American public should direct its anger against the real present president of the U.S., one who has strangely never left Washington, D.C., Mr. Barack Hussein Obama, who is behind all this. And I think they should, you know, direct their anger toward him uh, Biden is uh, is a puppet, and uh, I, this, this is my thoughts. This man, all he cares about is uh, taking a nap on a beach in Rehoboth and, uh, and doing whatever um, Barack wants him to do. 
and that's it. I mean, it's 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 strange. I mean, we have a we have a, you know Barack. Every other president, once they leave office, has gone other places. Bush went back to Texas. Uh, you know, Jimmy Carter went down south. Everybody left. You know, I remember Nixon went back to California, New York, and all. And strangely, Barack Obama, after two terms as president, is still living in Washington D.C. Why is that? Yeah, it is interesting. Is and he's chimed in. I mean, look what even happened um, in the last like few days, Norm. He chimed in and said, "Well, you know, the the moral equivalency, like you know, right. basically Israel's responsible too." I mean. I, I turned around. As soon as I heard that, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. Uh, he is so responsible for so much of these policies that have happened towards Iran and all the money in their coffers uh, and the appeasement policy. You're right. It is like Obama number three. And he clearly still wants to be in the game. Many of his people clearly are engaged. And uh, I agree. I think he is pulling a lot of the strings here. There's no doubt about it. And that that's very sad, Norm. That's a sad state of this country to be in a time where we desperately need leadership. Don't you agree? Oh, I agree. But he wants to fundamentally change America and fundamentally change the world. So yeah. that's it. So yeah. That's, this is what we're getting. We're getting we're getting war. We're getting disruption. We're getting uh, terrorism, uh, poverty. What about protests? What about, you know, the, you know, protests too? anti-Semitic attacks, by the way, in New York City yes. are up over 200 percent norm. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah it, if you if you squashed it to begin with and said people this will not be tolerated as opposed to turning a blind eye, it's like a kid with his uh, fingers on the stove. If he keeps touching mm-hmm. the hot stove, he's you know, he's going to think, oh, OK, well, maybe eventually he'll get burned on his own volition. But if he keeps kind of tempting it, uh, you know, you need to say, wait a minute, this is not appropriate. This is not. And he hasn't he's never done it. He hasn't he hasn't even condemned the people in his own party. And that's scary, Norm. Really scary. Don't you think? Well, yeah. Well, that's you know, that's the whole thing of uh, globalism, communism, whatever you want to call it. They want to smash the ethnic groups against each other and create chaos. And that's it. And, uh, you know, the original hate is anti-Semitism. And uh, it's an easy one, you know. And uh, especially when the fish stinks from the head, uh, it's not condemned. It grows. It grows and grows and grows. And it's cool to be anti-Semitic now, Rita. How that's sad. It. You know, it's it's cool. You it's know? sad. I mean, it's it's among young people. That's the that's the new cool. Well, clearly they needed better leaders, and it starts all the way at the White House, because uh, I agree with you. They think it's cool, and there's nothing cool about it. I just think it's it's shameful, and they've gotten away with very bad behavior and clearly do not have the right role models uh, educating them in a lot of different spheres. Norm, thank you very much. Let's go to Tom, line three. Tom, your thoughts. Hey, good evening. Uh, I only have one question for all the people that are supporting the Palestinians. I want to know how many people called your show on October 7th to demand that they stop. We have Palestinians. We have Hamas in this country. How many of them called to stop the slaughter in Israel? I know. I listen to you every day, all day. Yeah, you're Um, right. You are right. And by the way, Tom, where where are they even since then? There's not that many since then. I mean, where are they? I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, where is it? Why? Why are the good people 
in the Palestinian territories, and there are. Why are they not out there and saying, let's get rid of Hamas together? Thank you, Israel, for getting rid of these ruthless terrorists in our own backyard. And as far as the pause goes, they got a pause, 17 years. What'd they do with it? Yeah, I agree. How sad is that? They spent the whole 17 years building a network to kill more Israelis. Right. I'm sorry. They have to be. They have to. They are responsible for their government and their government is responsible for them. If their government did this, their people are going to suffer, not at all hands, at the hands of their own government. Well, and there are so many stories tonight that the uh, leaders of Hamas, many of them, by the way, are not even in Gaza. Some of them live in these other countries that they're living high on the hogs, that they're like worth billions of dollars, Tom. I mean, it's disgusting. Apparently, they're like, you know, sipping champagne and having lobster in a foreign land on a on a private plane. So I don't understand why a lot of these Palestinian, uh, you know, citizens are not saying, give us our money. You know, I mean, I mean, imagine uh, just sell sell one of your private planes and feed a village instead. You know, and that um, none of that aid is going to go to the to the Palestinians. Never. All I agree. Humanitarian aid. You'll be you're feeding soldiers. Yeah, exactly. And turn come after you. Yeah. And I don't even call them soldiers. I call them monsters because I think what well, they cowards. have done. Yeah. Cowards. Is a good word. That's a great word. Tom, thank you. You're terrific. Make sure you call again. You're great, Tom. Let's go to Carol in Yonkers. Carol. Oh, hi, Rita. How are you? Um, I just have to say, the previous caller and the caller Norm before, they were really awesome. They really hit the nail on the head. Um, I don't think I can explain it any other way, or I'll try. But um, what I was going to say is that... um, I think Bibi has his hands tied behind his back because the United States is the only friend he has. And it's like probably if he doesn't do what the U.S. says, he'll be totally alone. So I just feel his um, he has no other choice almost. And it's extremely sad. Um, no other friends in the region. And um, he has to do this. I mean, can you imagine in World War II if we told if somebody somebody told Germany to stop for four hours? It's incomprehensible. The whole thing is just so totally bizarre, and it's it's almost like prophecy. Yeah, it's just so um, it is. Sad. It is, and and there's some there seems like, like you said, bizarre is a good word, Carol, because I feel like it's it's so alternate universe. Yeah, and by the way, here's here's another story. I'm going to run this one by you, Carol, because I had to read the mm-hmm. headline again. Washington mm-hmm. Post removes quote racist cartoon depicting. Grossly mischaracterized Hamas terrorists with women and children tied to his body after there was a lot of reader backlash. Apparently, uh, they did a cartoon showing a Hamas terrorist uh, with women and children. And it said, uh, you know, basically titled Human Shields because that's what they're doing. They're putting women and kids, putting them in harm's way. There were readers who wrote in to the Washington Post saying, this is mean, you're not, this is not a fair, you're really making this guy in Hamas uh, look really bad. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's terrible. I mean, you know, Carol, can you is, believe it? You can't make it up. You could never make it up. And everything in this world now is so dystopic, there's so much dystopia, that this is like, this is dystopia on steroids. It's not to be believed. Can I just tell a quick story? I was in Scarsdale. There's a large Jewish population in Scarsdale. And one of the stores had the the bravery to put behind the glass um, 
all of the, the kidnap I could almost cry. The hostages, almost, yes, yeah. Yes, the kidnap victims, and they were all so beautiful, young, old, um, 20s. And I heard these two women gasp as I was about to go to another store. And I walked over, and I was like in tears. I'm not even, I'm not Jewish, but it, um, not that it makes any difference, but it, it just broke my heart just to see visually in, in your face, you know, like when you see something visually, it really strikes a chord in your heart rather than just hearing it somehow. There's something about the visual. And it's just, it sent me for the whole rest of the day. It's just, it's just incomprehensible what's going on. It is. And, you know, I'm just glad my parents aren't here to see it. That's all I have to say. Uh. Because what they went through, you know, our parents are probably the same age, Depression, World War II, and so on, Korean War, the whole thing. Carol, my um, father grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto. I mean, my father saw what happened inside, and then my father was part of the Warsaw Uprising, tried to help those inside the ghetto. Then they had their own uprising. I'm, I'm, my father's Polish Catholic, but my father, you know, wanted to help everybody who was good in his, in, you know, in Poland, including, you know, the Jews, Catholics. It, It was all hands on deck to fight against the Germans, the Nazis. So I, you know, for anybody who sits there and says, oh, it didn't happen or October 7th didn't happen. I mean, th- these people are nuts. I know. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. They're nuts. It's like they're living in an alternate universe. It's, it's just not to be believed. Yeah, that's but for sure. Can, Carol, thank you. you. Thank you. And, and, and God bless you, too, Carol. And also, Carol, thank you, too, because as you said, you're not Jewish, um, but you obviously uh, care about humanity. So, Carol, thank you very, very much, Carol, for um, for oh, your call. In. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, uh, since Carol and I are talking about alternate universe, uh, here's another story. This is, of course, what's going on at the protest tonight. And as I mentioned, there were hundreds of anti-Israel protesters storming, by the way, the New York Times. And they accused Biden of backing genocide. And they were shouting, not another nickel, not another dime, no more money for the New York Times, not another nickel, not another dime. No more money for Israel's crimes. They were calling them the New York crimes. I mean, this is the New York Times. It's like the New York Times, like, uh, you know, like uh, ultra orthodox or something like that. I mean, these people, uh, these people will never be happy. They want not a dime to go to Israel. They want them to just essentially, they want, you know, it to be uh, explained off what happened on October 7th. And they don't want anything to happen to crack down on these people who are speaking out and supporting hate. I mean, it it is. I feel like we are like in such a weird place in the world where they're getting out there. And Vivek Ramaswamy last night, who was at the debate and he had some powerful lines during the debate. But there was a moment where when they asked him about the protests and he said, you know, they're just young kids you know what, I don't want to clamp down on First Amendment. I don't agree with it, but I don't want to clamp down. He should have given a tougher answer. You can't just give these people a pass because guess what? It will only grow and grow and grow, and you don't want to have hate grow. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
karma comes back to you in a good way in this case. A New York City coffee shop is now serving 15,000 customers in a day with the help of volunteers, including an Israeli woman whose Tel Aviv apartment was hit by a Hamas rocket. This after it was widely publicized that the workers in the place quit when he spoke about Israel in a praising way and was showcasing his pride for Israel. The workers there who are pro-Palestine all quit. The barristers all quit. Can you imagine at the coffee shop? So he didn't have any workers. All these people stepped up to help. And now apparently the coffee shop, Cafe Arona, uh, Arona, I guess, serves 15,000 customers in one day because the outpouring of love and support because people were shocked that this guy was left with all these individuals uh, who just said they don't want to work at a place where someone is in support of Israel. And I am so glad that they are packed with business now and people are saying, enough, we're going to show support for this person. That, I think, is tremendous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line five. Stan, your thoughts about all this, my friend? Uh, first of all, to think that Barack Obama is running the White House is as stupid as the man who made the statement, Norman. That is the biggest phony of all time. To constantly say that stupidity makes absolutely no sense. Stan, okay? Stan, wait, hang, minute, wait, no, hang on. Well, hang on. You're already called. Hang on, but you're already night. you're already called Norm stupid. Yes, and second of all, yes. which the I, man I, doesn't know any reality. He's actually quite a smart man. But your point, you seem to think what that Joe Biden is so cognizant uh, that he's really fully aware of everything. He doesn't even know which door is the bathroom. You know, I mean, he doesn't know if it's exit stage left or stage right. Uh, I don't know. He gets out of bed in the morning. Secondly, secondly, somebody was on the line today on a news, I think, Jim Robinson. Have you heard about this? Does the name sound familiar to you? Yeah, it does. It does. Tell me the story. Tell me what you're thinking, Stan. Well, this idiot basically has stated, and if it was correct, that. If you're Jewish, you need to leave New York because this isn't a safe place. Am I right? That's what it was. This isn't a safe place for Jews in New York. Well, my response to Mr. Robinson is 5,000 years we've been moving around from here to there. We ain't moving nowhere. We're staying right here. We moved in Germany. We moved France in the war. We ain't going nowhere. We, Israel, we can't go. That ain't going to be the place to go. So, no. This is the largest Jewish population in the world other than Israel. We aren't going. We're going we, you hit us in one side of the face, we'll turn the cheek. There's no more turning cheeks. If you want to start with us, fine. But Mr. Robinson, if you want to leave, he says he's Jewish. If you want to leave New York, get the hell out and go. We're staying. We're Stan, staying here because we're that. Americans. Stan, I love what you're saying because you're right. Uh, you should not go anywhere. Um, and I was so happy to hear the story that I just told you about where the guy was left high and dry and now suddenly has had more business than anything because people are saying, we're staying with you. Uh, good people need to stand up. I agree, Stan. Bravo, bravo. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. I know you're 
going to talk about some new polls in the swing states that are continuing a trend that we have seen in the last few weeks that President Biden is losing to President Trump in many of the key swing states and also in the overall rating to the overall polls. And these are coming from liberal outlets. It is showing President Trump ahead by a few points. So it looks like the dynamics have changed. And what is ahead for President Biden as we're seeing more information that obviously Hunter's been subpoenaed, James Biden, the brother has been subpoenaed. Uh, All of these things are coming fast and furious. And who did you think won the debate last night? Uh, Did you think there were any zingers? Is there anybody in there that could be a Trump backup or That maybe is a vice president in the batch. We were talking with Dick Morris earlier today on Cats and Cosby. And Dick Morris said he doesn't see Donald Trump. And he, listen, advises him. He knows him well. He said he doesn't see Donald Trump picking anybody who has been opposed to him. Anybody who's been against him along the way. So he doesn't think any of the people that were on the stage last night are contenders for even the vice presidency. What do you think? Was there anybody that impressed you or surprised you? In the meantime, there are also more protests taking place all over New York City. Uh, There was another big one tonight, a pro-Palestinian one, that took place at the public library, blocking traffic and the like. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like. Saves people for four hours. And then they get right back to it day and night. And these people live in fear every single day. They're being slaughtered. So nothing short of an immediate and full and comprehensive ceasefire. Yeah, that's what they want. A full throttled ceasefire and nothing less. Meantime, President, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel came out and he said that they are trying to do what they can uh, to limit civilian casualties and do a whole bunch of those things. But the reality is they have a fight, and he believes it's a fight for civilization, and they're not going anywhere. Take a listen. I think the Israeli army is uh, performing exceptionally well. Uh, it's fighting the terrorists, both above ground and below ground. We're doing everything in our power to reduce uh, civilian casualties. We've uh, managed safe zones so they and safe corridors so civilians can heed our call to leave, even though Hamas is trying to keep them in. Uh, and I think the, uh, the war is proceeding well. We're going to continue until we eradicate Hamas. Nothing will stop that. We're absolutely committed to victory, which is not only our victory, but it's the victory of the entire civilized world against barbarism. And last night, the guy who was not at the debates, Donald Trump, who is the leading candidate by leaps and bounds, came out on the stage there. It was about 20 miles, actually, away from where the other debate was taking place. And he did a rally and he took it immediately to members of the Democratic Socialists who have been just disgustingly anti-Israel. Take a listen to this. In Washington, D.C., pro-jihadist demonstrators climbed up the fence in front of the White House. Excuse me, that I built. I built it. You know, the fence wasn't too good. The one that they had up there was falling apart. 
and we built it. Titanium, it's the strongest stuff. And they damaged the fence and they damaged police vehicles. They desecrated statues of Ben Franklin and other great heroes of our country. And they shouted Allah Akbar while calling the barbaric Hamas terrorists martyrs. They were saying martyrs. In times like these, you can't afford to have a president who wants to be politically correct. We have to do things properly. We cannot have an administration that takes foreign policy advice from Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib. Can't do that. I love it that he called. Listen, he's called him out. He's mentioned their name more in the last 24 hours than Joe Biden has done in his entire presidency. So it's refreshing to have somebody who at least calls it out and understands the difference between propaganda and fighting evil. And in the middle of all this, there's also a report tonight that Benjamin Netanyahu is slamming a Hamas-linked journalist. Yes, there is such a thing. Hamas-linked journalists used by organizations CNN, New York Times, Reuters, and AP who were at the October 7th massacre. What the prime minister is alleging through this media watchdog group, it's called Honest Reporting. They claim that some of these individuals that were working for different news organizations that were, quote, embedded Hamas journalists, somehow were able to be at the scene when these slaughters took place or so quickly right after it took place that they feel like maybe they were complicit and turning a blind eye. And this is interesting. Netanyahu, in particular, uh, he called them accomplices in crimes against humanity. And CNN formally severed ties with a freelancer who was photographed getting a kiss from the terror group's leader. That sure sounds unseemly. I mean... You know, wait a minute. So he's like getting a kiss. He gets a kiss from the terror group's leader, apparently gets this great footage that is so early. You have to wonder what's going on. Was there a tip off? What were they part of? Like, oh, we're going in to slaughter a kibbutz. Oh, good. I'll follow you. I mean, you know, at what point do you say, wait a minute? And don't you think maybe... If that's the case, at least needs to be looked into. If that's the case, it should be looked into. Okay, when did this person come? Where did he come? How did you get him? Was he vetted? Did he just hand over the footage afterwards and say, hey, I got a good deal for you, CNN? I mean, I think it certainly begs the question, how much was he there for? Was he allowing this to happen? Not that he could stop, but would you be filming if that were happening? Would you be reporting on it? Would you be shooting, quote, exclusive footage based on the horrors of what these people committed? I mean, if that's the case, there should be much more than a firing of this individual and more repercussions to the news agency. We don't know that, but let's see where this goes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we're also talking about Biden and his very lackluster approach to Israel. And also, every time he's asked about anti-Semitism at the White House, his answer is, yes, Islamophobia is a big problem. Yeah, it is a big problem. But guess what? 
anti-Semitism and having 1,400 people beheaded is a major problem, too. Uh, this president is just all over the place, and he is tanking big time in the polls because the Jewish population and those who support the Jewish population see him as being incredibly lackluster. And then on the flip side, Arabs are saying that he has been too nice to Israel. They don't want him to be nice at all to Israel. So it's his balance, and either way, he can't win, which is why you should have moral clarity and do what's right, not just what's based on the polls, Mr. President. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to LQ, line five. LQ, your thoughts? I guess, um, Rita? Yeah, how you doing, LQ. Okay, uh, fine. Thank you. But God, you know, God mercy on all. And I'm glad to hear from you. It's been a, some time. I know. We uh, miss you, LQ. We miss you. I tried. Can't get through. Right? It's, you banging. It's a hot line. It's a hot line. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, uh, if I was Jewish, you know, I, I probably would feel differently, totally differently. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, just going to say, in a sense, I'd. Um, the uh, Biden administration, which is really the Obama administration, I'd give them, you know, I, I think it's right because with this cease um, pause, which is really is a ceasefire, even for uh, four hours, um, I think that they said maybe they may release uh, some of the, the hostages, you know, because if you have a hostage over there and it's your family, I, you know, I think you, I would go for a, a, a ceasefire. They, these people, they can't be trusted. But uh, it's, you know, it's just a number of, matter of fact, a number of Jewish people, I think the president of Israel, um, you know, swayed for the four hours because the number, not some, most of the Israel people of Israel, they want to bomb them away. And I would, too, but not for the hostages. If it wasn't for the hostages, wipe them away. And um, some of the Jewish people here, they are against the, harm, the, the, the Hamas deeply, but they, they're thinking they want a, some kind of ceasefire, which is a pause for the, host, the hostages. Uh, that's my, you know, a ceasefire. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough situation. And, and LQ, I hear what you're saying, because I, I do, I hear, believe me, especially on the hostages front, you're right. If there's any chance to save them, obviously, that's important. The other thing was interesting, though, is that when the Israelis went in uh, to some of the tunnels, they got some information that actually led them. Remember that first woman who was an Israeli soldier, one of the one of the first women who got out. She got out because they got intel from going in. So so it could work both ways that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. They may move them. Um, that's the other problem that could happen because anytime there's a pause, somebody could try to sneak them in something, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, and as a ruse, you know, um, they could do that gives them plenty of time to potentially move them around where maybe you are better off with them in a set area and maybe you could take them out. I'm talking about the, um, Hamas fighters and at least save as many hostages as you can. But you're right. LQ, listen. I hear what you're saying, because believe me, if it was my family down there, I would be pleading left and right. 
I would also try to have them get in there right away, too, because that the problem that I have, especially with this ceasefire or this pause, whatever we want to call it, is that the Israelis didn't get anything in return so far. There's rumors that this group, Islamic Jihad, is going to maybe release this older woman, an Israeli, and a 12-year-old boy, which would be great. So what, are we going to every time they do a ceasefire, then you get maybe a hostage? It's going to be, you know, it's we're talking 240 days. You know, I mean, literally, it's 240 hostages right now, maybe more. So yeah. it's a very risky situation. And if you don't get anything in return, I contend they should have stepped forward and said, listen, uh, we'll give you, uh, you know, we'll give you X days or we'll give you a week or we'll do whatever. But we want to have all the hostages back first. And they didn't do that. And that's because President Biden was pressuring him, LQ. So it's now it, it puts the impetus and the advantage to Hamas that they control the timetable. All they have to do is say, hey, maybe we'll release a hostage. And then suddenly all, you know, military operations cease. And again, we, do we want to be here a year from now? That doesn't solve anything. I mean, they, they need to wipe out Hamas. And if they don't do it now, uh, they're going to come back with an even greater vengeance. The head of Hamas has even said it, that October 7th is just the beginning which is, it's a mess. It is really a mess. Let's go to Morty real quick in New Jersey. LQ, great to hear from you. Morty, your thoughts. Rita, hi, how you doing? Can you hear me all right? Yep, yep, you sound great, Morty. You do too, Rita, thank you. Um, first off, uh, just wanted to give you a little news update. i seen today on Instagram, uh, there was on a Brooklyn train, a subway, the doors are closing, and as the doors are closing, you see this gentleman of... Uh, darker complexion, standing at the door. Just before the doors close, he spits on someone. They force that person holds the doors as they were about to close, opens them, and walks into the train. You see it's a orthodox-looking Jew wearing the tzitzes, the little, um, you know, the little strings hanging off, and he's wearing a yarmulke. And the darker complexion male starts uh, telling him to... Uh, Orally pleasure him in a, in, a, in a meaner way. You can guess what I'm saying. Right, right. Um, and uh, then they get into a scuffle. This is the first time I've seen an Orthodox Jew do that, but I, I fully, fully in, uh, encourage us to do that because we need to stand up for ourselves. You know, the, the saying goes for every Jew a gun or two. Um, and number two is I can. Yep, real quick, Morty, real quick. Okay, I can send you this if you want me to read. I can send you the video of uh, proof. They say Gaza is an open air prison. I have a screen recording that I took myself. Wait, Morty, do me do me a favor, Morty. I'll I will I will hold you on. I'm going to take a break. You can continue it after the break. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And after the break, we have our favorite support, our heroes segment. And also, we're going to talk about the debate last night. Who won? Who lost? And did anybody put a glove on President Trump? They tried to, 
uh, but did they fall woefully short? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Morty real quick. Uh, Morty, you were saying um, that people need to stand up. The one thing, the one thing I, I urge caution though, Morty, people got to be careful. Um, because you don't want to be, uh, you know, p- these people are, their emotions running high. Uh, obviously good people shouldn't be forced to flee, but they, but they got to be safe. Of course they should. That's why they should learn how to safely handle firearms and to get a concealed carry permit. But, um, read it really quickly. The point I was trying to make before about, you know, the, the fact that these people need propaganda in order to make their points, like they say, Gaza is an open air prison. I can send you this video. I made it myself of legitimate sources from a guy that's living in Gaza. He has an Instagram where he lives in a chalet house, chalet house that would call, I would sell this house for one and a half million dollars. He lives in this house in Gaza. You see him eating luxurious food. He drives not one, but two cars and he lives right on the beach. He's going swimming. He has a nice pool. This is Gaza. That's what Gaza is. They say it's a concentration camp, but that's what the truth is. And the same thing with the Pallywood. They have to make fake videos of people laying dead, and then you see a body bag move to scratch his stomach because he has an itch. Like, come on. Why do they, if there's so many people dying, why do they need to make fake videos? Why do they need to do this? Well, you know what it reminds me of also, Morty? It reminds me also of that hospital. Remember when the strike happened on the hospital, and it was like, oh, it hit, it took a direct hit, it came from Israel. Turns out it wasn't 500 people killed. And it wasn't Israel, it was Islamic Jihad, it was a missile in the parking lot. That's why, uh, obviously, you have to get stuff verified because, yeah, there is a lot of propaganda to your point. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And there were certainly some spirited moments in the GOP debate last night. We were talking about Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley going at it. But this was a wild moment, too. I think it was at the very beginning of the night. Vivek Ramaswamy, really, he took it to the moderator. He took it to all the news media. Uh, and he just, like, called out everybody in one fell swoop. Uh, I guess that's called uh, Terminator, right? Here it is. <laughs> Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because it's actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. I was like a wild moment. I was like, whoa, this is just the beginning of the debate. Buckle up, boys and girls. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to D in Minnesota. Go ahead. 
Hey, I love your show. I just bought this station a few weeks ago, and I've been listening to it pretty much 24-7 because I can't stand ours in Minnesota. Oh, I'm so glad. By the uh, way, Dee, I am so glad. So I'm glad you're calling in. Yeah, what? well, what I want to say, I do like a lot of what Nikki says, but she tends to kind of flip-flop a little bit. But I also like Rod DeSantis, but he's kind of weak on the abortion issue. They should just say, we're not touching that. You guys can decide, your states can decide what you want to do. Because I think this is going to be a big issue come uh, in 24. And also, I still say that neither, I love Trump. I I will vote for him if he's the nominee, but I don't think he will be to be perfectly honest, or Biden. I think something will happen, and uh, all hell will break loose at the conventions. You know what? D, I don't don't rule that out, actually, D, because, um, you know, you never know. Uh, This has been the wildest year. Anything can happen, to your point. Uh, I mean, right now, he looks like he handily is. I would, I kind of venture more that, Biden might not be. I still kind of think Gavin Newsom's waiting in the wings and the fact that now they're starting to subpoena the Biden family members. Uh, but this certainly is going to be an election year like no other. That is for sure. And I do agree with you. I think there may be some more surprises uh, up ahead. Dee, thank you. You got a call again. You're terrific. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Robert, real thought, real quick, your thoughts. Uh, hi, it's good to talk to you, Rita. Um, I think DeSantis... Um, one debate, and I'll tell you why real quick. Nikki Haley has filled the niche as the establishment candidate, okay? And unfortunately, for special young Republicans, establishment and to a lesser extent, the military-industrial complex aren't popular with younger Republicans. Vivek Ramaswamy, I like him. He's a wild card, but I think he's going to appeal mainly to younger Republicans. Tim Scott, solid conservative religious guy, I would think he's going to be like the next Mike Pence. Okay, everybody fills a niche. DeSantis's problem is that his niche is already filled by Trump. If Trump wasn't in the race, DeSantis would be up big. Okay, you'll notice I did not mention Chris Christie because they don't make niches big enough for that guy to fill, and I think he's despicable <laughs> anyway. But um, that's it in a nutshell. I think DeSantis won, and I'll be looking forward to him in 2028. But I do will say one thing real quick. Real quick. I think that the six-week bill in Florida may hurt him nationally in, in 2028. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, no, you're right. And, and by the way, I did think DeSantis had a great showing last night. Uh, but Trump is so far up, so far up. Uh, I think he's on the ticket, despite what D says.